I almost hesitate to start to thank people for just really stepping up and making the celebrations this weekend. Um, just welcoming and inviting and, and full of joy. But I do want to uh, particularly commend our organist, Ron Nepper, who was here for the 3, the 4.30, the 6 last night in plan, and then uh, here early this morning, warming up the organ and so that we can sing and worship together. So Ron, thank you. Ron's been volunteering. Yeah. I, Ron's been volunteering to play the organ for a long time now, and just I just really appreciate you helping us keep that going, and, and um, it's just great to worship together. And, uh, and Ken, who read our scripture today, is wearing a Magi tie that matched the scripture. So his tie matches the scripture that he read, which is commendable, so I don't, um, I've got so much to, yeah, that's pretty good. And he's actually kind of an expert on, uh, Odd magi stuff. So talk to talk to Ken. I'm actually uh, I'm going to look at a little bit more of a broader picture of these uh, this encounter that these visitors had, the visitors from the east had with Jesus. Uh, let me just let me pray as we as we jump into this. So Father God, you're good, and it's just so good to be a family, a spiritual family, a big family here, as we gather as your children in your name to praise you and glorify you for what you have done and. It's, in many ways, it's common. We are familiar with these songs, but as we consider what you've done, it is just staggering to consider your condescension, your coming down to walk and to be with us, to love and to serve, even to death on the cross, Lord. We praise you for that. As we consider it once again, open our hearts, Lord. Break through our sin and stubbornness and, uh, and speak to us your love and your grace, your mercy, that we might trust you more and more be glorified in this time. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, Christmas is, is just, it's just good. It's almost magical. I don't know if you had any of those feelings bubbling up uh, last night, this morning, and whatever you're going to continue on to today. Uh, but as, as magical and good as it can feel, it can be a hard time for a lot of people. You know, with, with celebrations, some people struggle with uh, sort of overindulging, whether it's food or drink. Um, people, you know, gift giving is beautiful and good, but some people overspend and they buy things that for people that they don't need with money they don't have. Um, so that can be an issue. Uh, overstressed can be an issue. Um, you know, this season can be very stressful for people. There was a, a, a study done, I've shared this with some of you before, but there was a study done um, commissioned by a London shopping center to monitor heart rate and blood pressure and stress hormones in shoppers. And they, they found uh, that it was men's stress levels went through the roof at the prospect of buying presents. When, pretty commonly, and only, only one in four women even registered a slight change. <laughs> this is true, this is research. I'm not trying to stereotype. This is Dr. David Lewis. He said, I was personally surprised to find that men are so much more stressed out by, uh, by shopping than women. And I was surprised by the very high levels of stress we found amongst them. Men were, we were looking at blood pressure, heart rate, and secretion of stress hormones in some cases at the level we might expect to find in a combat fighter pilot <laughs> or a riot policeman in action. 
overstressed. Um, it can be a season that's over-demanding. There was a dad who once went to his daughter long before Christmas and said, you know, what do you want for Christmas this year? Daughter said, kind of shy. She said, well, I, I want a little brother. And dad kind of chuckled. And, uh, but sure enough, on Christmas Eve, mom came home with a baby brother. And uh, they, they, uh, that happened. So then the next year, the dad went to the same girl and he said, what do you want for Christmas this year? And she was a little bit less shy and she said, well, if it, if it wouldn't be too uncomfortable for mommy, I'd love a pony. <laughs> it's overindulging, overspending, overstress, overdemanding. Um, you know, it, 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 research shows that this is a, a time of year where people really struggle personally. Um, stress on marriages, uh, incidences of, of relapse, even sickness uh, right around this season increases. So what's going on? What is this all about? Because when we think about Jesus and we think about the Gospel of John where he says, uh, the true light that gives light to every person is coming into the world. This beautiful light is coming into the world. Uh, Christmas is all about Jesus, but it's almost like Jesus can get obscured by Christmas. Does, Jesus can become obscured by Christmas. There was a story of a man who went to a bookstore and he was having trouble finding the, the religious books. And the, one of the clerks in the store goes to show him that on the bottom shelf there was a handful of Bibles and some devotional books. He said, oh, they're down here, bottom shelf. We had to move them uh, to make space for all the Christmas stuff. It, I was asked, this year I was asked repeatedly, um, are you going to cancel church because of Christmas? So am I going to cancel church? This is my colleagues. This isn't, you know, someone on the street. Am I going to cancel church because of Christmas? And I said, okay. We have a weekly gathering, and we celebrate Jesus. So you're asking me if I would cancel the weekly gathering to celebrate Jesus because of Jesus. And I don't, it just, it, and have one of my colleagues, he said, oh, yeah, we're, you know, we're going to cancel. <laughs> um, you know, this, this happened in 2005. I was here preaching. In 2011, I was, I was at the Osgood Landing, and we worshiped over there with the North Andover campus. And it's good to be together, to get, you know, every now and then for us to gather in one place. And I understand people are, you know, they have, they're traveling and with family, and, uh, but just good to be together and just to worship together and when we're apart we pray for one another i've been praying for there's a pastor search that's been going on we're actually very 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 close um, on that make announcements so keep praying and thank you for your um anyway so there's good stuff to come on that but yeah no this is a celebration of jesus on christmas day oh my goodness and people just miss it people today will miss jesus and but it's been that way this is not new. It's been that way right from the beginning. There's people who will celebrate and gather. We'll come here in this place, and there's people who will just, will just miss it. Um, if you remember a few weeks ago, we talked about Simeon. He said, this child's going to cause rising and falling. You know, people are either going to accept and embrace, or they'll just either ignore or even condemn. Uh, you think about, in this case, uh, well, th well, think about this. John chapter 1, the Gospel of John chapter 1 says, talking of Jesus. He was in the world, 
And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own didn't receive him. And that's exactly what we see in this account, the scripture that was read for us. We have these searchers, these wise men, philosophers. We don't know a lot about them, but they come searching for a king that's been born. And then we have another king who, who is threatened by this and wants to stamp it out. It's, you either embrace it or accept it, or you, or you just miss it all. Embrace it and accept it, or reject it, or you just miss it all together. Uh, but I want to take a look at these guys. And again, the scripture doesn't focus on exact location where they're from. Doesn't focus on their names. Doesn't focus a, a lot about them. We don't really know a, a ton. But it does very specifically name the gifts that they brought Jesus. And they knew, they were searching for him, they knew who he was. And we know from their gifts what they believed about him and what we can learn about him. And the, the same way as we kind of we look at the candy cane and we just think of what that shows us about Jesus. We look at these gifts and we see what does this show us about Jesus. So let's look at this first one. They, they brought him a gift of gold. They brought him the gift of gold. So these are all accounted in verse 11 here. Um, the gift of gold shows us why we should care about Jesus. Is Jesus is a king. It gives us a precious gift. This is a gift for, for royalty, that Jesus is a king. Jesus is the king of kings. Jesus was God in the flesh. Again, I'm reflecting a little bit on the Gospel of John as well, but the, the word of God becomes flesh, makes his dwelling among us. Uh, this is God himself. It is true God. Jesus is God. And, you know, so did the wise men get it right? And we talked about this last night, for those of you who are here. You know, is Jesus really God? This is, a, this is the question to answer. And, and again, so last night we thought a little bit about, you know, well, what do we do with Jesus? What did he say? What did he do? Were these the things that you would want or think God would say and do if he were to come to earth? Or was this some kind of a lunatic or a liar or some kind of evil person? And, um, or is this God himself? Either he was or he wasn't. And it doesn't, you can debate all kinds of things about the Christian faith, about a Christian life and, and Christian ethics. And you could debate these things. But at the end of the day, the debate really is who was Jesus? Is he who he says he was or, or, or not? And that's going to change how you look at all the rest of it. Stuff. But Clearly, the, the wise men acknowledge him, if not fully as God of the universe, certainly as king, certainly as royal. And so, the, and they, they, but they were looking for him. So my question for you is, you know, what this, this Christmas today, what are you looking for? What are you searching for? Again, it's a season of searching. People search for the, the best gift or search for the best bargain or you search for just a parking spot or you're searching for... Um, the right, you know, the right decoration, searching for recipe, what recipe, you know, just, there's all kinds of search, searching, but um, Jesus told us that we'll find, you know what you're going to find when you're searching? You're going to find what you're searching for. Jesus said, seek and you will find. And when we think about, so if you're looking for God, you will find. And when I talk about searching for God or searching for Jesus, I'm not talking about searching for something uh, with a blank slate. There's this blank slate, okay, what, what do I think God is like? And I'm going to search and kind of look at the world and philosophies and, and try, to, try to figure out 
this God thing. It, it's, not, it's not starting from nothing. It's, it, God has revealed himself. You're searching for something that is certain. What God has already made plain through his world, through, the, through his word, the Bible, through his action, his coming um, in Jesus Christ, you find something that's already been revealed. The, the shepherds didn't just go searching on some wild search. They were told this thing has happened, and they went to go see it. The, the, the wise men, they see the star. They said, we're gonna, we've come to see this thing that's already been revealed. So what are you looking for? He's come. If you seek him, you will find him. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And I was looking at this passage of scripture with my friend Dan uh, a week ago. And he said, he said he was really struck by the fact that this is so certain. Because Jesus then goes on to say, for everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. It's, it, it's, just, it's just emphatic. Seek and you will find. For if you seek, you will find. He doesn't have to repeat himself there. But just as we incline our hearts to him, he's there and responds. And, just, and it's, us, it's really us responding to him is, is my point there. But anyway, the gift of gold shows us that this is God who has come and knowable and known and, and can be embraced and can be experience. So that's the, that's the gift of gold. The second gift is the gift of uh, frankincense, the gift of incense or frankincense. This is, um, this really does teach us how we relate to God. Incense in scripture, uh, kind of thematically looking at the whole Bible, it's really a symbol of prayer, that incense was used in worship and, and the smoke would go up as, as symbolic of prayers being uh, gone up and, and, and uh, sort of reaching towards heaven. And it points to a relationship with God. It points to the fact that we have the ability as mere humans to communicate with the God of the universe. Can we just stop for a minute and be blown away by that again? The Bible says, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We use this language about God being our Father and about having a relationship with God. We use it so much because it's so precious to us and so good. But we use it so much that we might just forget what we're actually saying when we use those words. That we are children of God. And we have this living and active relationship such that we can communicate to God. And then we, our life becomes this great, heads up. I tried, tried to help you. It was this stuff falling out of the balcony. It's okay. Um, it's not the first time. It's not the first time this year. Um, we, end up, we, we, we get this relationship with God, and now we can just live our lives. Now, it, and again, this isn't about living a life now that is just to follow rules, to fall in line with this God of, of the universe. It's, it's about relating to him and loving him. And, you know, a lot of gift giving today. There was a lot of gift giving in our house this morning. Uh, it's great. Pastor John Piper, he just gives a great illustration of this about gift giving. So kids, you're still out there. You, if you get a gift for your parents, you can, and they open it and they say, oh, this, so you uh, get your mom a piece of jewelry and she opens it up. Oh, this is so great. Thank you. And, and you say, well, I don't want you to get mad at me, so I got you a nice present this year. 
that's an okay reason to give a present, right? It's not a great reason. I don't want you to get mad at me, so I gave you a nice present. So maybe your mom opens it, looks at the present, and you say, she says, oh, thank you so much for getting me this present. You say, well, I'm your child, and I'm obligated as your child to buy you a present. You bought me a present, I'm your child, I'm kind of, this is kind of how this works. This is my duty, my obligation. You could say that. I don't know if that's really a great reason to give presents. No. All right, your mom opens the present. She loves it. She said, oh, this is so sweet. You say, yeah, I did that because I'm hoping to get some presents too. I got you something really nice. That's, that's an okay reason. No, not a good reason. Um, your mom opens the present. And you say, Mom, I got that because I love you so much. That's a good reason. That's, again, how we relate to God in this relationship. We are obedient with our lives. We follow him. We trust him. It's not because we don't want him to be mad. It's not because it's just our duty. It's not, it's not because we want to whatever in return. It's this love relationship. And... This is the root of it. This is the root of life that we relate to our God. Uh, and there's seasons in life where some, maybe you're not, it's not that you're depressed, it's not that you're sick, it's not, it's just, you're just off. Maybe you have a season like that. I just feel off. Oftentimes the, the root of that is our relationship with God. And Jesus says things like, I'm the bread of life. I'm the one that can satisfy that hunger, that off feeling, that off hunger or thirst you have. That I'm the one to satisfy that. And as we seek him, we find it. And this, this gift of frankincense and the image of us being able... So take these two gifts together. You've got the gift of gold, which shows us about Jesus' being king and king of kings in all the world, and our ability to relate in prayer, represented in, in incense. Take these things together, and wow. We can do this. All right, last one, third gift, is a gift of myrrh. Strange gift. Uh, and myrrh had a lot of uses and still today has some varied uses. But um, it, myrrh was very commonly used to embalm the dead. And when Jesus died, they took a huge amount of myrrh and aloes and they wrapped his body. Um, Jesus... It, the gift of myrrh reminds us of Jesus' mission. He came to die. Now think about this. Jesus is the only person ever to choose to be born. He chose to be born. And he also chose to die. Both those things in the same. And as we remember the baby in the manger, we have to remember Jesus on the cross right with that. Because he came to do that. He said, I came to seek and to save and to give his life as a ransom. And that's how he did it, on the cross, on the tree. And, and that's, and kids, kids who are still in here, that is why we give gifts on Christmas. We do not give gifts on Christmas because the wise men gave gifts to Jesus. We, and, and that sort of started this gift-giving thing. The gift was Jesus himself. The gift was that he came willingly. He lived Perfectly, and he died willingly and rose again in power. That Jesus did that for us. He, the gift was his very life. And because he's given that gift for us, we can exchange gifts with one another. That's what this is about. Uh, and he died. He, he didn't just die. It wasn't just a transaction, a heavenly transaction. 
by which um, it was for you. It was a personal thing. He took your sin, your guilt, your shame, and that of the whole world. It was, it's, both, it's both cosmic in its scope and individual to you uh, in terms of what he was accomplishing. Such that someone like the Apostle Paul can say, you know, Jesus loved me and he gave his life as a ransom for me. And that's been paid. So there's just great freedom. Freedom from guilt and shame. And I just pray, my biggest prayer is that you would just treasure that reality. That you are free. That you are, um, you're free to know God. You are free to change. You are free to, uh, to love with a whole new dimension because of him. And um, so why not? You know, we've gathered a couple times, and people, we've considered this, we've proclaimed it, and still people, still, they say things like, well, I'm, I'm, that's great, that's a nice, that's your religious message and your faith thing, and I don't really need that. I'm kind of happy without them. And I just, to that person, I just say, you know, you may be happy without him, but your happiness is not your biggest need. It's, your need is forgiveness, and your need is to be reconciled and redeemed by God. And we don't talk a lot, you know, we focus on, but the fact that when you're, there is penalty, and there is penalty in being separated. If you're not going to accept what he's done on your behalf, then you're going to have to accept it yourself. And... Um, not to be a downer on Christmas, but there's a lot of lostness in this world. People need Jesus so desperately. Other people say, I don't want the, you know, I can live a good moral life without your Jesus. I can, I can be good. I can live at peace with my neighbors. And, um, you know, it's, again, this is not about the rules. The gifts aren't given because of obligation. It's because of, of love and a connection with our Lord. Um, other people might just say, it's just too good to be true. I, it's just great story, kind of a fairy tale. It's just too good to be true. That's actually a good reason to reject it. Because it seems too good to be true. It, it's just, um, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch. And I, I would say, well, but it wasn't free. That Jesus did come and he did, it was very costly. This whole thing was not just a free idea, but something that was accomplished. Other people say, I'm not good enough, and I say, that's the whole point. You're not good enough. None of us, not one of us on our own is good enough to approach a holy God, yet, by his grace, we can. Other people say, not now. Um, I'll get to it. I think this is important. I like what you're saying. I'll get to it. Um, I don't know. If God's pulling on your heart, and, and I, I just pray that he just continue um, to pursue you relentlessly until you say now is the moment. And maybe it's even today. I just, I just pray God bless you this Christmas as you consider again his love and his goodness. Amen.